This is the Youpreneur FM podcast, where each week we bring you the strategies and resources you need to build, market and monetize a profitable, future-proof business around your knowledge and expertise. And now, here's your host, international business mentor and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Ah, yes. Hello and welcome to episode number 393 of Youpreneur FM. I hope you're doing very well. No matter where you're tuning in from, I appreciate you being with me more than you probably know. Sincerely. Great show lined up uh, this week. Actually, our first guest on the show for quite some time. Uh, If you're a long-time listener of the show, then you would have known, I don't know, probably back in maybe September last year, September 2019, we decided to go full-blown kind of solo on the show here. Um, And uh, that was based off of feedback and our community study uh, and our survey that we do each year. However, we have had some guests between September and today, and they've been kind of like repurposed from either a Youpreneur workshop for the Academy or Youpreneur expert chit-chat from the Academy, or maybe even a keynote from the Youpreneur Summit. But bottom line is, this is the actual first podcast interview that I've done for quite some time. And my good friend Chandler Bolt from the Self-Publishing School joins me. We're going to be talking all about publishing your book. But more importantly, and I know, look, hear me out. We've we've done this a lot on this show. We've talked about books and book marketing and book publishing quite a bit. But what Chandler is incredibly well known for is helping people get their books written fast. And with just 30 minutes a day, he claims, you can get your book out into the world in less than 90 days. And actually, it's not just a claim. He's backed it up over and over and over again with successful uh, clients literally from all around the world. And the reason why I asked him to come onto the show is twofold. Number one, just to provide great knowledge, period, in an evergreen format like a podcast that uh, you know people can find and discover and take action on for quite some time. However, the other reason why I decided to get uh, Chandler on today was because we're actually going to be doing a webinar with each other at the end of this month. So July 29, a very exclusive webinar. And and if you know uh, myself and the Youpreneur community, we don't do a lot of these partnership type webinars. But what I love about Chandler's content is it's so practical and so simple to follow that I know you guys are going to be absolutely in love with what he shares. So head over to chrisducker.com forward slash published. That's published with an ED at the end, chrisducker.com forward slash published and sign up and register for that free webinar on July 29, where we're going to be talking about how to launch your book to a $10,000 royalty payout in 90 days or less. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait to do it and I hope to see you there. So on to Chandler. For those of you who maybe don't know a lot about him, he is the CEO of Self-Publishing School, as I mentioned. He also owns and operates selfpublishing.com. He's the host of the Seven Figure Principles podcast and the Self-Publishing School podcast. And his company is uh, one of Inc.'s 5,000 fastest growing companies in the United States two years in a row, the last couple of years, and uh, almost doubled his uh, scale on that actually from 2018 to 2019. Clearly, the guy is very, very well established, extremely well respected in the industry. And I just can't wait for you to meet him properly here. 
Chandler, actually, was supposed to be on stage at the Upano Summit later this year. As you know by now, probably, we have cancelled this year's event due to the ongoing COVID pandemic and all the uncertainty around there. But getting him here on the show and doing that webinar with him on July 29 is a really good second bet compared to seeing him live on stage in London. So here's my conversation with Chandler. Please enjoy. Chandler, welcome to the show, my man. Chris, great to be here. It's great to have you, man. I, you know what? It's, I kind of feel like, I mean, clearly you've been on the show before, but it was like, you know, a moon, like I have hair, you had more hair. Like this is, this is like the second coming way overdue. And I will say, you know, one of our first interviews here on the show for quite some time. So there's no pressure. Um, but I'm, I'm pumped to be with you today. Um, it's, this is going to be a really good call. And I just, I feel like, we're in a position right now with everything that's happening where a lot of our Upreneur members and our listeners have a lot of, you know, extra time on their hand or a certain amount of extra time on their hand. If they've been putting off the idea of writing a book for a while, oh, hello, now's the time to crack the whip and get this thing done, right? I mean, are you seeing this a lot with, you know, with the people that you're working with yourself? Oh, 100%. I mean, business is booming from an incoming um, signups perspective, but also from a results perspective, which I think is more important. So we're, I mean, we're seeing so many students getting their rough drafts done, publishing books. We've had, I think it's over 100 books published in the last 60 days. Uh, and that number just keeps growing. Uh, actually, no, hold up. I think it was 73 just last month. Um, That's crazy. published. That's and crazy. so like that number is growing. And so, you know, I used to always say, you know, there's no, you're never going to have, you know, no job, no kids, no business, a cabin in the woods with nothing to do to write your book. And I always joked like, Hey, that's not going to happen. You're going to have to get started before you're ready. And then COVID happened. <laughs> and then it was like, Hey, actually, hold up. You've got a lot of time. And sure that, you know, some parents it's like, okay, life's a little crazier. Like you got kids running around, you're trying to work from home, like all that. So that's probably a little bit the exception, but for mm-hmm. most people, you got more time and you can either choose it to watch Netflix or you can choose it to, or, or, or you can use it uh, to, to finally get your book done. See, I'm, I'm so happy that you bring up Netflix there because, you know, when this whole thing kicked off a few months ago, this is what I was saying was like, you can be proactive in your approach and the way that you handle this as a business owner or you can be reactive to it. Like you can be proactive, learn a new skill, get that book written that's been, you know, in the back of your mind for a while. Launch, you know, film and launch that new course. You know, whatever it might be, you could be proactive or you could be reactive and sit on your butt, watch Netflix, binge on Cheetos and cheap red wine in a box, you know, and like wake up with horrible hangovers all day, or you can do it the other way around. This audience definitely is the proactive audience, that's for sure. Not so much reactionary uh, kind of, of a situation here. But why do you feel right now, why do you feel the youpreneurs out here that are tuning in right now, why is now a great time to write that book? COVID to one side, why? Why should they do it? Yeah. I mean, you recession, you, you recession proof your business and you help yourself stand out. It's a differentiator in the marketplace. And, and so, I mean, what we talk about all day, every day is using a book to drive more lead sales and referrals. And I think that's great. And, and we could definitely go into specifics about, Hey, how do you actually use a book to get more lead sales and referrals? But outside of that, just the, the book is going to open so many doors <laughs> for you. Uh, and, and it's going to help um, recession proof your business and, and, and really stand out. 
Um, no matter what industry you're in, what business you're running, uh, any of those things, a book is a great first or next step. And I always say it's kind of like the key that opens the door to Narnia. It's like, you know, Chronicles of Narnia. They find, open this door. This is magical land. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened for me. That's what happens for a lot of our students is like a, a book is that key that opens the door to this land that exists largely for published authors. And whether that's podcast interviews, whether that's publicity, whether that's speaking at events, whether that's getting leads to sell online courses, like it just, it's, it's a start of a conversation or for people who maybe have a podcast or content marketing, it's a continuation of the conversation um, to take people from browsing to buying uh, and, 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 and through reading your book. Yeah. I mean, if we stay on, if we stay focused real quick on the proactive side of this, like you're known as a guy who, you know, you and your team, you coach people through not only writing a book, but doing it fast, like 90 days fast, which I love. Um, but then obviously getting it out there and building a genuine business based around that book as well. Now, I mean, people who have been tuning into this show for a while, they'd have heard me harp and, you know, harp on and on on until the cows come home, as we say here in England, um, about the whole, you know, it's it's an expert positioning strategy. It's a twenty dollar book, you know, a business card, whatever analogy you want to attach to it. But you can actually, genuinely, really, for real, build a genuine business based around a book. You did it yourself. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so this was the start of my first book. I wrote it nineteen years old. Um, as I was dropping out of college, uh, and it was all about productivity hacks that I learned running like my first six figure business. It was a house painting business. So we painted houses. And so it was all about running that business while being a full-time college student. And how do you go from entrepreneur to entrepreneur and, you know, manage time really. And so I wrote the book. It did really well. Started making a few thousand bucks a month in passive income, which to me at the time was just like, Oh my gosh, right. that was that was wild. Yeah. Like people were buying this book all around the world and and countries I'd never even been to, right? And just that that feeling of seeing, you know, it's like once you see it, you never unsee it. Of like, oh wow, I went snowboarding while I was snowboarding, the book made 400 bucks. <laughs> you know, and but it's, it it opened the door and then I think we within a few months we built an email list of about 4,000 people from the book. And then whereas most people have a product to sell and no email list, we had an email list with no product to sell. And we're like, okay, well, we got to figure out something to sell here. And, the, and, and it just kept snowballing. And, and all the way fast forward to today, like I drink my own uh, medicine. Like this is, this is something that we do. So my book published, we give that book away like it's candy. And, and it feeds in so many leads, so many sales, so many referrals. Um, we use it as a, as a referral generator. Like it's just the heart. We have free plus shipping funnels, like one of our best converting funnels that we consistently run ads to. Um, and it just feeds into everything that we do and is responsible for a lot of our revenue. Even like even one more specific example, like mid COVID, we did a book giveaway. I said, Hey, I'm going to give away $50,000 worth of books. Um, and to, to help people use this time to make progress on their book. Uh, and we gave away, I think it was about 2000 physical copies, 2000 PDFs and 1100 audiobooks or something like that. Um, so I think the hard cost was about 22 grand, maybe 15 grand, somewhere in there, hard cost of the actual book. Sure. And we just send them out. We like, don't even pay shipping and handling. We're literally just, just give us yeah. your address yeah. and we'll send yeah. you one. Um, and, and that brought in, I think over the span of like 45 days, it brought in over $300,000 in revenue. That's just a small, like that's me doing exactly what we teach. It's like, 
give away the book. It starts the conversation. It's a 10,000 foot view of what you teach and people will read it. Uh, and then they'll, they'll say, Hey, you know, this person's qualified to teach me this thing. I need more help. How can I pay you money? Yeah. And let's talk about that for a minute because I've got the book. I've seen the book. I've looked through the book in all honesty, hand up, you know, to the heart. I've not read it cover to cover, but I've, I've published a couple of books myself. I kind of, I, I got it. I got this right. But here's the thing. It's a good book. Like it's not fluff. There's enough meat on the bones there that if you are going through this for the first time, then genuinely you will learn what you need to learn to be able to get published plain and simple. And I think that, that, you know, that's testament right there. You know, yes, utilize it for what it is, which is a lead generation tool, but ultimately make sure that you're putting out something that's genuinely helpful and answers some oh real gosh, questions, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. That's the assumption. Like that, like that's the assumption of where we are starting the conversation is you're going to write a great book that genuinely helps people. If you don't do that, sure, you could make the argument. A lot of people won't read it. It doesn't matter. Um, they're just going to see the book and they're going to be so impressed. They're going to pay you money. But a lot of people will. <laughs> and I don't know. I'm just not the type of person that if my name's on something, I want it to be good. And I want people to know that if my name's on something, it is good. And so if this is the start of a, of a conversation, you know, I don't want to show up for a conversation, uh, not, not, not at my best. Right. So right. I want to make sure that the book is great. Uh, and, and do I want to make, take 10 years making sure it's a 9.9 out of 10 into an, instead of an 8.9 out of 10? No, I think done is better than perfect. Right. You got to ship the product, yep. get feedback and then improve. Um, and, and there's, that's really important, but the book's got to be good. Uh, and it's got to be a good start to the conversation and it's, it's worth doing it the right way. And so that's always kind of the, the uh, balancing act that we play is like we challenge people to really move quickly, but also in moving quickly, say, how can we make this really, really good? And I believe that moving quickly makes the book better because instead of getting fractional attention over a really long period of time, like most authors do, mm -hmm. and then they just sprint to the final manuscript deadline anyway, yep. uh, it's like you're giving focused attention which speed is going to make the book better. So let's let's talk about that real quick because I think that's interesting there. The, the, the whole kind of 8.9 to the 9.9, .9, get it out there, ship it, et cetera, et cetera. How, how do you write a great book in a super short amount of time? I mean, you're known for the 90-day kind of timeline, right? Some might be faster, some might be a little longer, but I mean, how do we how do we write a really great book in that short amount of time? Because it certainly took me longer to write both books both my books in 90 days, not a lot the second time round, actually, but the first one felt like I was, you know, like I was ripping out my internal organs at a certain point of the process. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone's felt that way, especially when you read the first draft, that's when it really gets real. Yeah. And uh, so there's two fundamental rules and then there's a three-step process. Like the two, the two fundamental rules are um, you can't write more than one book at a time. A lot of people think they're the exception to that rule and they have so many great ideas that they're going to write multiple books at the same time. It doesn't work. Uh, and then second is uh, you can't edit while you write. And that's the big one. So we all know someone who has five perfectly written mm -hmm. chapters in their unfinished book, <laughs> right? Uh, so you can't edit while you write. And then really where the rubber meets the road, like actually getting the book done, we break it down to a three-step process. So step number one is to create a mind map of all the ideas that you can think of on this topic. I know we're going to be talking about this a little bit more in our webinar, um, but, but create a mind map. Um, step number two is to turn that mind map into an outline. So you've got a brain dump of like all the ideas you could cover in this book. 
you turn that into an outline. So kind of group ideas. So you got, let's call it five groups of ideas. So five sections in the order that you want to cover them in the book. Then you'll drill down about three chapters per section. Let's call it. So now you got a 15 chapter outline and that gets to step number three, which is to write or speak the book. Um, and this is fun. This kind of is where it becomes a choose your own adventure. So you, you dive in with chapter number one and you do the same process that I just talked about on a big picture level per chapter. So you'll say, all right, chapter number one, I'm going to spend 10 minutes mind mapping everything I know on this chapter, 10 minutes turning that mind map into an outline, and then 45 minutes to an hour and a half writing the chapter. And I'm going to repeat that process chapter by chapter or 10 minutes speaking the chapter. And I'm going to repeat that process chapter by chapter. So that helps you get a rough draft out. Uh, and and we've got other you know frameworks and book outline template generators and like all these different things that like kind of help streamline and uh, there's different type of frameworks. Our mutual friend of ours, uh, Michael Port, talks about kind of like uh, you know the diff- different frameworks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We talk about some of that as well. Um, but really, at its simplest, and I mean, I'm talking that's the I'm a C level English student uh, that that dropped out of college that has ADD. <laughs> so I always try to make things as ADD friendly as possible and as as simple as possible and at its simplest, that's the process. And then you go back and refine and either do the refining yourself or, or pay an editor to do it for you, which that's the route that I take because editors are amazing. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest takeaway there out of all of what you've just said is the fact that you can't edit the book while you're writing it. I think that's absolutely huge because going back to the first one for me, virtual freedom, which was traditionally published. You know, the second Rise of the Upano was self-published. Um, and, you know, we could talk all day long with the pros and cons on that one. We have done, so I'm not going to go there now. But, I mean, the first time round, I was editing the darn thing as I wrote it. And that's why it took so long to get it done. And I was knowing that it was going to go to the publisher who had an editor waiting to edit the book. I was still editing it myself, right? Crazy. Second time round, I did it the exact way that you're saying, uh, the exact same you just explained, pretty much to the letter, actually. Um, and the book hit, you know, hit, hit the newsstand a lot faster, like a year faster than what it did you know, the first time around when I traditionally published it. And obviously, I mean you know, there's the other benefits of having, you know, all of the, you know, the profits and the royalties and, you know, control over what paper stock you use and yada, yada, yada. The self-publishing world for me and for everybody in the youpreneur world, for me, is the way to go with your book, plain and simple for so many reasons, particularly now as the lines. And I'm curious to know your thoughts on this, actually, somebody who's been in the game for as long as you have. I feel like the lines between traditional published and distribution and bookstores and all that stuff and then the self-publishing world have become more and more blurred and blended with each other over the last couple of years and probably in the last decade, right? Like, what's your take on that and the way that all these hybrid things are popping up and things like that? Oh, it totally has. I mean, no one knows the difference. So, you know, over this kind of crazy stat – over 70% of all books published, or sorry, over 70% of all books sold are sold on Amazon. So it used to be that bookstores were the way that you sold books. Right. Uh, you needed a publishing company to get into bookstores. Therefore, if you didn't have a publishing company, you couldn't sell books, right? Well, now since you know over 70% of all books sold, they're sold on Amazon, uh, there's a small line item that you've probably never seen unless you're an author 
on the Amazon listing that says the publisher. <laughs> uh, and no one sees it. Uh, so there's there's really no difference. But the big thing here, and this is what we always talk to our students about, is your self-published book should not look self-published. Mm. So we have the opportunity to make the book look better to where people can't tell and they won't tell. Um, and, and it won't affect your sales outside of you know traditional distribution and um, I have a really good uh, interview on the self-publishing school podcast with our, our friend Pat Flynn. Um, he talks about getting his self-published book into um, into uh, Barnes and Noble and into airport bookstores. Mm-hmm. So it's not impossible; it's just significantly harder. So that's kind of like the that's the main uh, the main area that you'll be affected. But outside of that, people can't tell the difference, uh, and you need to make sure that they can't tell the difference by making your book uh, really really high quality. Completely agree. And I mean, we, we spent some genuine time, energy, effort, and money on the design of Rise of the Upreneur. Everything from the cover, you know, the cover shot right the way down to, you know, page breaks and, you know, fonts and the whole, the whole kit and caboodle, like, like hardcore. I sent a copy on the front. Yeah. The mug shot, baby. Now that, that, that was a real question. Actually, let me, let me, Pick your brains on this for a second, because I'm curious to know. I was 50-50. I know your question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was yeah, yeah. 50-50 on putting myself on the cover of the book. And it was actually my buddy Lewis Howes, who did the foreword for the book in the end, um, that suggested <laughs> I did yeah. go ahead and put myself on the front cover. And I said, like, I, I don't know whether I should. Like, nobody really knows who I am. Like, I mean, yes, my community knows who I am, but those in the, in the broader spectrum of book buying public have no idea what, who I am, what I look like. So why would that be important? And he said, look, the the book is called rise of the Youpreneur. You're, you're pitching a movement here. Ultimately the book is a call to action, right? You're the OG Youpreneur. Like you're the founder of it. You coined the term, like you have to be on the cover and in the end, we went ahead and we did it, and the mugshot is on the front cover, and I do believe it totally works because many, many, many people have have you know maybe seen me on YouTube or on social or something, and then they correlate that with the actual book cover, and you know it kind of just it it sits it sits pretty with them rather than being it a disconnect. But you don't always need to be on the cover, right? Oh, hundred percent. And that's so funny. I'm like, I'm talking, I'm interviewing Lewis in one hour. Oh, uh, really? Some school podcast. Um, so I'll, I'll ask him about why, um, put his face on the cover. Cause I know he's a big fan of that. And I think he does that on both or I think he, has he did. He did on both his books. Published, uh, at, at least both of his traditionally yeah. published books. And I know also potentially one or two of the other ones. So I, it, it, it's personal preference and a branding play. So when I look at, I've got both of your covers pulled up right here. And when I look at, when I look at the cover of Rise of the Youpreneur, it's like your picture and your name are the most prominent thing. Um, and so if that is what you're using to sell the book, or if, if that's what you want to be the takeaway, is like, this is a personal branding play and I want to have facial recognition and branding behind the name Chris Ducker, that's super smart. If if not, then what I would do in my mind is I would pull the rise of the youpreneur up. I would have your face right below it. And then I would have your name at the bottom still big, like you have it on the cover. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just like, a, I'm a big fan of making the emphasis, the title, um, unless you're Gary Vaynerchuk, Oprah, 
or Chris Tucker, right? Uh, and so, <laughs> right. so it, it, you know, it, it just depends though, right? Like, because natural eye path movement says, I'm going to start at the top left and I'm going to go down and right. Sure. Um, and so if, if the emphasis is the name, then that's what I'm hoping people will see first, if that's at the top. Right. Uh, and if the emphasis is in the title, then that's what I'm hoping people will see first. And that, sh- that should be at the top. And mm-hmm. We always talk about, you know, there's a difference between a good looking cover and a good selling cover. And a lot of, de- a lot, a lot of designers will give you a good looking cover that doesn't sell well. Mm. And it's optimized for aesthetic, not optimized for conversion. So you got to make sure, you know, in my mind, a good cover has three things. Number one, it grabs attention. Super important. Number two, the title needs to be very easy to read and preferably it's in the upper third, like I was just mentioning. Uh, and then number three, uh, your prospect or potential reader needs to instantly understand what the book's about and whether or not it's for them. Mm. And so they need to be able to see it and say, Oh, the rise of the youpreneur, like, okay, I kind of get it. The definitive guide to becoming the go-to leader in your industry and building a future-proof business. Definitely get it. I'm either interested or I'm not, right? right? And, and I instantly know, but it's not like, uh, you know, uh, d- d- I don't know, like some kind of vague, sure. like youpreneur and then like, live your dream, fulfill your passion, go out and conquer the world. Like so many subtitles and titles yeah. I see. And it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. I have no idea what this book's about. Like you got to be more specific. <laughs> I love this. Okay. So I'm ranting. And hey, hey, man, if there's ever a podcast where anyone is welcome to rant, it's this one. Trust me on that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I want to clarify. Okay. So I want to uh, touch base on a couple of things real quick. So the importance of making the book look like it's not self published. Um, and I'm going to sing my own praises here just for one second. And then I'd love for you to maybe point us in the direction of one other book that you know that did that very, very well. But I sent a copy of Rise of the Upino. We had the first 500 copies printed, hardcover, beautiful dusk sheet. You know, it, it was gorgeous, beautiful. And I sent a copy to my buddy, Michael Hyatt, who is obviously, as you know, and many other people know, he was in the publishing game for two plus decades, right? And I sent a copy to him. He got it. I got a message from him and he said, Chris, congratulations on the second book, man. Big accomplishment. I got to be honest with you. If I didn't know that this thing was self-published, there's no way I would have guessed it. That for me was like a green light, baby. Like we, yeah, we, like we did it. This is great. The CEO of a traditional publisher for 30 years. Precisely. So I'm curious to know what is, what is one other book that you know has done a really, really, really good job at this other than your own? <laughs> because you, you, oh man, because I well, pimped mine. I, I can't can't sing right now. I'm just kidding. I pimped mine out, Besides which means you can't pimp published. yours out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. I mean, besides my own, I think it's it's just pretty good. No, I'd uh, I'd I'd say I'd say Pat Flynn, super fans. Mm. I think he did an amazing job with that mm-hmm, book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the hardcovers look really good. Um, I think he did a great job with the audio book. Yep. Um, that was how I listened to it. Um, I, I, I like the off the cuff. I like the professional production. Obviously, he's a podcaster, so I mean, sure, that's kind of assumed. Um, but I like the professional pr- production with the off the cuff riffing um, in the in, or not in the interview in the actual audio book itself. And then I think the physical book um, was w- very well produced. Mm, mm. And actually, also, I'd say my buddy um, Austin Netsley. He just released a book. Um, uh, oh shoot, how am I? I'm forgetting this um, um, from six to seven figures. And he, he's testing a couple things, hardback and soft 
cover. Mm-hmm. And and when I saw that hardback, I was like, man, this is one of the best best looking self published books that I've seen. That's cool. Really, or books in general, like I've seen in a really long time. Yeah, and it, I think it just becomes like a conscious decision, right? To like, I'm going to do this right. Like, I'm going to spend some money. I'm going to spend some time. I'm going right. to put in the effort. Like. And I, you know, obviously, I mean, there's a whole bunch of self-published books that look self-published, and we don't want to, you know, get into the the finite details of that exactly. But what I'm saying is, that, like, if you make the genuine decision to make sure that your book doesn't look self-published, I think the high it's highly likely that it will come out not looking self-published, right? Agreed. Mm. You, you got to make the decision. You got to be willing to spend a little bit of money mm-hmm. um, and then find the right people. And yeah. I think that's one of the most important things is people aren't selective enough with their editors, with their designers, with their formatters. And so they just take the first person that they find. Mm. Uh, and I feel like that's that's a lot of what we help people with at self-publishing schools. Like we went out and found, found a lot of those people and just especially cover designers. People just have low standards. <laughs> they just take the first thing that gets sent back to them off of Fiverr, and you're you're thinking like, what in the world? Right. Why why would you why would you accept this? Like you got to get you got to get multiple quotes. You got to get like multiple examples. I'm going to get my designer. They're going to temporarily hate me, but I'm going to get them to send me multiple designs, yeah. and then I'm going to keep iterating, even if I've got to pay more. I'm going to keep doing that to make sure I really nail it, especially with the cover. And that's, even worse, I mean, it's like when you know, somebody tries to do their own cover in Canva. Like I've, I've oh, when do I see not that do that. Yes. Stuff, like, that's no, one of the no, biggest no, no. mistakes I see. You know, here's what I always say: they, like they say, oh, I have a friend or family member that that does cut, that does design. So I'm right, do, right. No, never do that. No, and that's why because <laughs> you can't say, tell them that it sucks. <laughs> no, exactly, and that's why I always say like if if you're not a graphic designer by trade, you have no right farting around in Photoshop designing your logo or your book cover for that matter. You know what I mean? Like, what what do you just, (laughs) just write the, just write the darn book. You don't have to design it as well. If you, you know, yes, yes, I agree. I could not have said that as well as you did. I think my British, my, my, my British tones get me into trouble sometime with that stuff, but Hey, Oh, it's amazing. I am what I am, baby. That's the way it's going to be. Um, so, okay. Final question then. I mean, and by the way, everybody, we are doing a webinar. Obviously, if you're listening to this in the future, um, you can, you know, maybe catch a replay or post somewhere or, or whatever. You just have to get on the mailing list for the next one. But we are doing a webinar with, uh, with Chandler on the 29th of July, uh, about a week or so from now. And uh, we're going to be diving into a whole bunch of stuff on there, as well as obviously launching your book, how to kind of get a whole bunch of sales up front, um, you know, in the first two, three months or so, how to truly build a business based around that book as well. Um, And how to utilize the book really, not only to build a business, but also build your personal brand and get your expertise levels up in your industry and your niche and all that sort of stuff. But I want to know, is like, What's the one thing, as we wrap up here, dude, like what's the one thing that you feel most, and let's go with first-time authors, struggle with the most when it comes to actually getting the thing finished? Getting the rough draft done. And and there's the first thousand words maybe, versus a lot of people just don't actually get started. It's just like, you're going to have to get started before you're ready. But then focus, laser focus on uh, on getting your rough draft done. And I mean, as you put it, don't be farting around in Photoshop. Uh, I don't have quite the accent, so it doesn't land as well. But, you, you know, people like to, when, they, when they're working on the rough draft, they like to do anything but write. 
It's like, oh, let me think about my book cover. Let me think about right. social media promotion. Let me get an author website. And it's like, no, write the rough draft. Mm. Nothing matters until you get a rough draft written. Uh, so don't do anything but work on the rough draft. And, and when you get the rough draft done, you're going to start to see the light at the end of the tunnel and you're going to start to believe that this is possible. So laser focus on getting that rough draft done. I love done. that. I, th- I think that's some real strong parting knowledge. Um, man, it was great to catch up. It's great to have you on the show. It was a fantastic conversation. Um, thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, Chris, thanks so much for having me. This is great. Can't wait for the webinar. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. For you guys tuning in, want to spend a little bit more time with myself and Chandler talking about this very thing. July 29, you can head over to chrisducker.com forward slash published. That's published with an ED at the end. Make sure you go ahead and register. It's going to be an all-out value bomb fest between myself and Chandler. And I know that you're going to walk away with so so much from this webinar. Show notes to this episode over at youpreneur.com forward slash 393. I love you and I'll be back at you again next week. Until then, take great care. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Youpreneur FM. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, why not head over to our official website at youpreneur.com to access all our tools and resources essential to building, marketing, and monetizing a future-proof business based around your expertise. We'll see you next time.